in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. We, and, uh, I don't know, I guess about four or five months ago, we probably did an overview of Deuteronomy. I think we had eight or nine messages, if I remember correctly. I'm not going to rehash those messages, but I do want to preach from this passage. Um, chapters 28 and 29 and 30 are talking about the curses and blessings that God told the children of Israel they were going to have, depending on what they did. In other words, if they listen to God, blessed. You don't listen to God, you're not going to be blessed. And he goes through several things before they go into the land of the promised land. He gets into real detail as far as this is what's going to happen if you don't obey me when you get into the promised land. All right. And this is what's going to happen if you do. And so he goes through these blessings and cursings. Uh, in chapter 28, verses 1 through 14 is what Israel is going to do if, they, if they're blessed. And chapter 28, 15 through 29, 29 is if they're, ble- uh, if they're cursed. And then he ends up in chapter 30, uh, verses 1 through 10, that if they're cursed, how they can turn it around and be blessed again. All right. So God, of course, that's his mercy as far as what he does for us. I want to I read a few verses. I'm going to key in on one verse tonight. And I'll, I'll try to tell you when we get to it. But I want to read just a few verses with you out of Deuteronomy 28. Let's pick it up in verse number 45 tonight. Deuteronomy 28 and verse number 45. It says, moreover, all these curses. Now, church, I mean, we're not reading all of these chapters because obviously they're long. Uh, again, they're pretty clear. In chapter 28, verse number 16 starts with the word cursed. Verse 17, cursed. Verse 18, cursed. Verse 19, cursed. He's going through all these things that are going to happen to them if they don't obey. Now, look at verse 45 again. It says, moreover, all these curses shall come upon them, upon thee, excuse me, and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed. Why? Because thou hearkenest unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. Verse 47, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness, and in one of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Now, if if you don't mind, let me stop and just say, uh, I almost like to ask it as a question, but I guess I should just give the answer. We know uh, by reading more of the Bible what nation that is. We understand that the children of Israel did exactly what God said they would do, and they wouldn't listen to him. They would have uh, false idols, and God would, uh, would have to come in on them. And, of course, we understand that uh, they were taken in, first of all, by Assyria, uh, and then they, uh, that, which was the first ten tribes. And then the last two tribes, which was Judah, was taken by, uh, was by Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this is, again, referring to Babylon, I believe, and referring to Nebuchadnezzar in verse 49. Verse 50 says, A nation of fierce countenance which shall not regard the person of the old, nor shall favor to the young, and he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not, uh, which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep until he have destroyed thee. Now I want you to notice really verse 52. That's the message tonight, verse 52. It says, And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trustest throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body. Uh, and again, he gets more in detail in there about that. If you can jump down a little farther, jump down to verse number 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this, uh, fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God. There's more that we can read tonight, but I want you to go back to verse 52, and here's the thought. Verse 52 says, And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, 
until, look at this phrase, thy high and fenced walls come down. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight on that thought, when the walls come down. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for your word. Lord, again, illuminate our minds and hearts. Father, you said that you knock on our heart's door and that if we would just open the door, Father, that you'd come in and sup with us. May that happen tonight. Father, may we all open the door. May our heart be in tune with you. And Lord, again, help us understand this thought, make an application to our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, all of us as Christians, especially as parents, we try to set walls up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, I'll go right back to the scripture tonight about this idea of walls. We understand from the story that God promised them that when they took over the land of Canaan, that there would be castles and there would be uh, um, homes and houses and vineyards and things that they would inherit. Some of those inheritances, actually a couple of the cities, is they kept, they kept these walls. And he said, you're going to even be building walls. We understand that Jerusalem had a wall that went around it. And those walls were for protection. Those walls were to keep the enemy out. That's what it was all about. But church, I want to make application tonight for a little bit. And I'm going to use the story, and we're going to look at the story on why the walls came down. In this passage here, I believe there's three things that God says very clearly on why the walls that the children of Israel had up went down. All right, now can I tell you that we're trying to set walls up too. We're setting walls up in our own life. Proverbs 28, uh, 5 and 28, I think it says, He that hath uh, no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. All right, so there's, there's nothing wrong with setting up perimeters or walls in our life, walls of protection. We, if you've got children tonight, uh, you've set some walls up. We call them rules. Uh, your kids might call them regulations or some other things they might call them. But there's things that we have set up in our family's life as protection for it. By the way, tonight I'm sitting up here just thinking about the families of the church looking across the crowd tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, I am so thankful that there are people who believe in taking their children to church on Wednesday night. And I mean that, and I'm going to tell you something. You will not know until you get to heaven how important it was for you as, your, as parents to be sitting with your children and bringing your children to church and, the, and them seeing mom and dad uh, listening in a service and moving during a service and using the altar during a service and giving during a service. You're, you're, you're teaching by example things that we'll never, they'll never forget. Now, tonight, can I tell you, you've set some walls up in your family's life, all right? Uh, sometimes we look at those uh, rules uh, as, uh, you know, children look at those rules as, well, I can't believe we gotta, uh, they've got to make me do all these things. But parents don't look at them as rules. Parents look at it as, I'm protecting my child from various things, and those walls are important, all right? Uh, we've set some walls up when it comes to the opposite gender, have we not? If you've got a boy or a girl, a son or daughter, I should say, in your home, you've got some rules for them, all right? Now, you've heard me say things from the pulpit, even just as far as my own family. And you as a dad, you have to decide as far as your own family. But I don't want my kids dating in high school, okay? That's just a, that's just a wall I've put up. Uh, they, I don't think our children are going to have a hard time finding the uh, opposite gender and getting married. I don't think so. If it's, God, if it's God's will for them to get married, they're going to get married, all right? Uh, and, and some of my kids, it's going to be a really effort on God's part, uh, to help them uh, find that person uh, that would marry them. But anyway, but we have set some, some rules up. We've said, okay, now listen, um, yeah, you're not going to get into a, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship once you get out of high school. I, to be honest, this is dad speaking, okay? This is not pastor for just a moment. But as far as myself, I don't mind my kids after they get, in the, I, hope I, I don't want to offend you because I don't know what your belief system is on this, but I don't, it would not offend me if my kids get married after high school, but I don't want them having a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship because they're not getting married before they get out of high school. If they think they're doing that, they're doing it in somebody else's home, just so we all, so my kids are clear on that, okay? It's not happening, okay? So, so but those are walls that I have set up. I said, we're not going to, we're not doing the dating thing. 
You can date when you get out of high school. You say, well, that's, they, they call that a rule or regulation, but truthfully, it's a wall. It's my way of protecting them, of getting serious with the opposite gender before they get done with high school because they need a high school diploma, right? That's just the way it is. That's the way I think, okay? I don't have chapter and verse on it, so that's just me. So, I mean, if your kids want to get married at 14, go ahead. I don't care, whatever. Um, but we're not, I don't want my kids doing that. So, so anyway, we've set some walls up. Um, we've set some perimeters up. Like, for instance, okay, uh, I don't want my children. And this, go, folks, church family, give me some liberty here, okay? I don't want you throwing stones at me or getting upset with me. But, um, so I'm talking as a dad for just a moment, okay? I'm not talking as pastor. I'm talking as, as dad hangs. That sounds terrible. It sounds like really old. But anyway, dad hangs. So as far as my children go, I don't want my children spending the night just spending the night at people's houses, okay? I think that the tendency of there's a, there, can, there can be a problem. Now, my parents, if you have your kids spend the night, that's, that's your priority. You're, you're the parent, okay? There are times that my wife and I are going to have to be out of town. They're going to spend the night at people's houses. It's not a dead, dead conviction because I'm not leaving my kids home alone. I really have problems in life. <laughs> but, uh, so there's, but there's some perimeters that we have set up as mom and dad that, I, that the, my kids look at them, well, how come everybody else gets to do them? Well, they're just walls. They're, I don't make me necessary. It's, it's a protection. It's an added protection. I don't want anything to happen to you, all right? God gave you to me. I want to make sure that I take care of you, okay? In this church, there are things that, uh, as your pastor, that we set some walls up. We set some perimeters up, okay? Now, church family, I've been here now 26 years, and so these things that I've set walls up, I've had walls up for years and years and years. And as I get older, I know I mellow, but at the same token, I try my best to make sure we continue to hold some, some walls. I don't have a chapter and verse why teenagers ought to sit in the first four uh, rows. You know, we teach as we've been taught. When I was growing up, we were in the first six rows, but it was a lot smaller auditorium. So from the time I've been here, if you're not sitting with your parents in a church service and you're a church member, I want you in the first four rows. And in our church, it gives you a lot of liberty in here, okay? Now, that's a wall. You know what that means? I want you close to the front because I have learned by experience that if you're not sitting with your parent and you're farther than four rows back, you have a tendency to talk. You have a tendency not to pay attention. You have a tendency to miss what God has for you. All that is is a wall. That's all it is. It's a wall of protection to try to help you get what God wants for you to get. All right? All right, y'all kind of quiet, but that's okay. I love you anyway. All right, so do you understand that we all set walls up and we set those walls of protection, those walls of security uh, we, we, we're trying to protect, uh, protect um, what God has given us. If you're married tonight, uh, you've probably set some walls up, okay? Um, when I, uh, uh, in my office over here, uh, there are three doors that come into my office. If you've ever been inside my office, there's three doors coming to my office. The door to my left, uh, as, I'm fa- as I'm facing this direction, so I guess it'd be what, north? Am I correct on that? North? All right, so north, going north. Um, I ordered that door to be one big sheet of glass that was supposed to be completely see-through and the door company thought they were doing us a favor and they put a big sketch on it of a lighthouse. You can still see it, see through it, but I wanted it to be that it didn't matter where you were at in the, that next room, you could see everything inside my office, but they kind of, uh, kind of um, frosted some of it. So anyway, so, but uh, when, if I'm gonna be in my, in my office, I wanna make sure that I'm not alone with somebody to where I'm married. I wanna make sure that there's a protection there, okay? Fellas, if you're working a job and you're working with somebody and you're working with somebody that's a female at work, there's things that you just need to be careful of because you have a wife. So what you do is you set some protection up. I am not gonna go out for lunch with you even though we work together. The two of us are not gonna go out by ourselves. And you say, well, everybody's around. Well, we're not gonna do that because you know, if you wanna go out for lunch, we'll take somebody else with us if we're gonna do something concerning work. What are you doing? You're setting walls up. Are, are y'all sold me so far? Amen. Now, I'm just trying to tell you tonight, those walls are important in our life. 
And so we either set them up ourselves, Proverbs 25, 28, or we set walls up for our family, Ephesians chapter number six, but we set walls up. The pastor sets walls up for the church, Hebrews chapter number 13, as well as 1 Peter chapter five. There's certain things as far as overseeing those walls are important. But church, I mean, can you understand that God allowed the children of Israel to have some walls, but those walls came down. I could go to Jeremiah and I can also go to 2 Kings and I also can go to Chronicles tonight and we would look at all of those passages tonight, the walls came down. And church, I mean, most of you know your story because you know the Old Testament that Zedekiah was the last king, uh, last king of Judah and of course Nebuchadnezzar came up against him. I think it was almost two years of a siege and finally there's no food inside the walls and people start to scatter. Zedekiah is taken, his eyes are, are burned out, his children are killed in front of his eyes before his eyes are burned out. I mean, in the siege, they're eating their own babies. I mean, just all these things were going on. All the things that God said would happen. Now, church, I mean, the walls came down. And there was a reason those walls came down. And I know we'd say well, they're disobedient to God. But there are things that lead up to it. Now, tonight, I asked Brother Daniels, just give me some, some boxes up here. But we put walls up. And that walls is a walls, uh, walls for several things. It's a walls of protection from allowing the outside to get in. You know what our children think? Our children think that the wall is to keep them on the inside. All right, listen to me tonight. Your, your mom and dad does not have rules at home to keep you on the inside, all right? Two plus two equals what? Okay, so if two plus two equals four, then it would not make sense for your mom and dad to have rules to keep you on the inside because it's costing them to have you in there. You ought to think that one through, okay? And I know sometimes you don't, but you still eat, young person, and you have a place that you can stay, and there's insurance on a vehicle. Man, I tell you what, this insurance thing on a vehicle, as my kids continue, Stephen started his driving school yesterday. Oh my goodness. What number is that? Is that number four? One, two, three, four? This is number five? Oh, Sharon, I forgot. Yeah, she's not here anymore. I don't have to pay her insurance anymore, praise the Lord, but anyway, that's four. Man, you guys that have multiple kids on this insurance thing, you know, I'm going to move you up higher on the prayer list because this is ridiculous. <laughs> now, can, can I just tell you that your parents are not keeping you inside this wall because you're a prisoner and that, you know, I think we're going to keep you as long as we can. Now, we tease a little bit about wanting to keep you children forever, but truth of the matter is, that's not God's will. And we know that, all right? And even though we love you, it's God's will for you to leave. Amen. All right? Now, not get out of church, but to grow up. And let's, let's a young person. No, I don't have time to teach on that tonight. But I want to tell you something. You, you young people ought to have character. And I want to tell you something. If you don't have character to clean your room, character to get, get yourself out of bed, and character to do your schoolwork, what makes you think you're going to hold a job someday? Okay, that's good preaching. All right, so, so anyway, all of, all of that to say, I've got to finish tonight, but all of this to say this is that we put these walls up, and this wall is a protection from the enemy on the outside trying to get in. And it's also, it's a, it's sometimes it's a barrier. It's a barrier of separation. It keeps us from being in the world and keeping, uh, keeping our, ourselves unspotted from the world, okay? So all I'm trying to say is the rules, the regulations, the, the schedules, all the things that we put in place are protection. It's a security. It's things that, we, that we're trying to do in our life as well as for our family lives and, of course, for this church. Now, tonight with that thought, here's the thought tonight. The thought is simply this, is why did the wall come down? Look at your Bible again in verse number 20, uh, verse 52, excuse me. Numbers 28, verse 52, and he shall besiege thee, talking about Nebuchadnezzar, talking about even Assyria probably, but it's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down. Now, church, I want to just stay in that verse because I want you to notice what the next phrase it says. 
the high and fenced walls that come down, wherein, what's the next two words? Wherein thou trustest. Now, church, I mean, can I tell you, the reason the walls came down is because they were trusting the walls. They weren't trusting the God of the wall. Now, listen to me tonight. You can have all the rules you want in raising those children, but you better never forget Psalm 127, verse number one. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Amen. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now, do you understand that it doesn't matter how much I do for the seven children, I still, I, actually, I have seven still at home, five still at the house. No matter what I do, those rules is not the safety net. Those rules and regulations, and you've got to be home at a certain time, and you're going to be in bed at a certain time, and you are going to go to the Christian school, and you are going to sing in the, in the teen choir, and you are going to get on a bus route, and you are. Do you understand that the rules is not what we're trusting in for our children to make it? Are you all with me tonight? Amen. Children do not make it because of rules. Children make it because of relationships. It's not a matter of me having all of these walls in place that the kids are going to make it. It's not a matter of having all these rules and these walls in place that this church is going to make it. Just I want to tell you something. I do my best by God's grace, and I want to, and sometimes it's on my mind so much. I want to do my best to have balance in the, in, when it comes to the church. Because church family, listen, I cannot get around the fact that, there's a, that God tells how a man should dress and a woman should dress. And the longer we go in our society, the less we want to talk about standards and we want to talk about dress and we want to talk about personal relationship with God that keeps us holy and separate from the world. But you're saying, we can't separate the truth. The church, if you're going to be edified, you need to hear those things. But can I just tell you that at this church, I would hope you would agree, and you can't tell me now, tell me later if I'm wrong, but I would hope that our church is not on a hobby horse of rules and walls. Our church is on a hobby horse that it's in Jesus Christ. You can't go to heaven without the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can't please him without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So all I'm trying to say tonight is simply this, is yet, yes, we have walls, and those walls are important. I'm not, you cannot belittle the fact that the, the, thou shalt nots of the Bible are important, the commands of God are important, the things that God wants us to do in protection love not, of loving not the world and keeping ourselves separate from the world, all of that is important. But when, listen to me now, but when you go trusting in the wall and not trusting in the God that gave you the wall, then I want to tell you something, wall's coming down. We've got a bunch of young people that are, when they get graduated, they can't wait to get out of church because listen to me because we've had parents and even sometimes even the preachers got to be careful sometimes we have pe preachers and parents that all we stress is the wall and we don't stress god Amen. hey listen the, the reason the wall came down is because that's what they were trusting in Amen. just remember i love heritage baptist church and whether you love it or not i love it i'm thankful for this place i'm thankful for you i'm thankful that god placed us in lawrence kansas Amen. and i'm thankful for the united states of america but, but church family, this church is not ours. This church is God's. And everything that we do here is not because of a man, the pastor, or you. It's because God's been very gracious to us. And we've got to understand, we've got to teach our children. The reason we're doing what we're doing is because of God. The reason we're doing what we're doing is because this is what God wants for our life. You know, I know there's preferences that parents have. I mean, I've got my idiosyncrasies, and don't tell me what they are, but I've got idiosyncrasies. I've got things that are kind of weird. But you're saying, can I tell you something? The bulk of our life is not about our idiosyncrasies. The bulk of our life is about what we believe about the Bible. Amen. Do you believe the Bible? If you believe the Bible, then we're supposed to live the Bible. That doesn't make us weirdos. That just means that we're, we believe the Bible. Okay, now with, with that said, 
The Bible teaches me that there's walls that I'm supposed to be set up. Romans chapter 13, verse, verse number 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 22. And, but abstain from all appearance of evil. There's different walls that God's placed in our lives, or that He's given us to place in our lives, that we set up as to keep us from temptation, to keep us from evil. But church family, all of the rules and things that we do and live is not what we're trusting in. What are we trusting in? We're trusting in the God of heaven. We're trusting in the day to be able to, as he sang a moment ago, to be around the throne, as mentioned about the two, two and, uh, 24 elders. And, it's, and it talks about how all nations and tongues are going to stand there and they're going to cast their crown at God's feet because God's the one on the throne. And when we cast our throne at God's feet, you're going to hear all of us in unison with the four beasts that are singing and praising God and the four and twenty elders, which are all the humans and all the angels of heaven, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. It's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Glorifying and praising God. I want to tell you that's what we're here for. We're here to glorify God with our lives and our lips, and we're supposed to please Him. I'm just telling you tonight, the walls come down when we stop trusting in God. That's what's going to happen. You know, kids don't make it because of rules. They really don't. They're protected because of rules. But it's not a guarantee they're going to make it. The only way they're going to make it is God. It's the only way they're going to make it. We've had kids, in the years gone by, we've had kids grow up here. They've had all the rules in the world. But they're not even in church tonight. So we can't trust in, you know, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way it's going to be done. Okay, what, what does it hurt for me to sit down with my kids and say, hey, listen, this is what God wants for us. You know, my kids have gotten, it, gotten this thing down pat, you know, when they want to do something. And they ask me, you know, can we do such and such? And, uh, uh, and, and they usually, it, sometimes they do it before I say anything. And they'll say, uh, God wants us to. I said, how do you know God wants us to? I prayed about it. <laughs> hey, by the way, that's what all of us are supposed to do. Amen. Not like my children, but that's what we're all supposed to do. Really pray about it. Just around there quickly, I'm at the hustle here tonight. Here's the next one. The reason those walls came down is number one, because they weren't trusting. They were, I'm sorry, because they were trusting in them. They were trusting in those particular walls. Look at the next thing, verse number 47. I'm kind of going a little bit backwards tonight in the verses, but verse 47 says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. Now look at the last phrase there. For the abundance of all things. I think, I don't want to take it out of context, and I guess I don't want to make it backwards. But God said, this is Deuteronomy, by the way. They're not in the promised land yet. This is Deuteronomy. This is the second law. This is the second generation. They're about to cross over into the promised land. So here's what God's telling them. God says, when you get into that promised land, I'm going to read it from the scripture. When you get into the promised land in verse 47, you're going to have joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. You know, Trisha, you know, can I tell you why I think the walls went down? I think the walls went down, number one, because they were trusting in those walls. But number two, I want to tell you why the wall, I think the walls went down is because of the abundance of all things. You know, their, their joy and gladness should have been in God, but it got to be in big houses, big fields, 
lots of animals, money. It was the abundance of all things. Just remember, by the way, they were going to a land that floweth with what? Milk and honey. Just remember, in the United States of America, we really have it really, really good. I mean, God's been very, very good to us. I don't think none of us are starving, amen? And, uh, you know, we've, we've got it pretty nice. But, but can I tell you what will cause the walls to go down if you're not careful? When you start looking at all the stuff you have and stop looking at God and what God's trying to do in your life. You know, it's interesting. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says this, and G Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Now, can I do something real quick with you in verse 47? Can I go, can I, can I go backwards in the chain? Or, or can, I, can I make some connection, I guess I should say? In verse 47, he says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Now, you could read that the reason they're not serving God with joy and gladness is because of the, for because of the abundance of all things. But if you go backwards, the chain reaction is this. You have the abundance of all things, you have them stop serving the Lord, and you have the walls come down. When you look at verse 47 compared to verse 52, that's really the order of what's going on here. So church family, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Stay me now. So when you go into the promised land, you're going to have houses that are already built. You're going to have lands that are already tilled. You're going to have all these things. You're going to get the abundance of all things. But don't stop serving me. But when you follow the pattern of what took place, where the wall is, that's where Zedekiah was. That's when the walls of Jerusalem... In fact, I didn't turn to it, but the walls are going to all come down. Do you understand? They got into the promised land. They have the abundance of all things. Then what happens? They stop serving the Lord. Then what happens? The walls come down. Can I say that one more time? Do you understand the progression of what took place? The abundance of all things. Stop serving the Lord. Walls come down. Now, I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but I think all of us tonight can say, man, God's been very, very gracious to us as a church, as well as a family, as well as individuals. Amen. But listen to me. If we allow the, the blessings of God, the abundance of all things, if we allow those things to get in our mind's eye and we stop serving God, I don't have time to work a bus route. Saturday's my day off. I don't have time to go soul winning. I don't have time to pass out tracts. I don't have time to help uh, the new church plant. I don't have time to work down at the church. Listen to me tonight. I hope you're listening tonight. If you get so wrapped up in all the things and you stop serving God, I want to tell you what's going to happen. The walls are going to come down. The protection, the security, the safety that's helping you as a Christian, gone. One more thing I see here and, and tonight, and I'm almost done, but... <clears throat> The wall, why did the walls come down? Number one, because they trusted in those walls. Number two, because the abundance of things. But look at verse 45. Verse 45 says this, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because. Because why? Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Church family, it doesn't matter if you're young or old. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. John chapter 4, as far as the woman at the well, he said, the father seeketh such, seeketh, the father seeketh such to worship him.
It doesn't matter if you're young or old. That's a promise. Be still and know that I am God. Just remember, tonight, I, I ask verbally, but I wish you'd ask yourself, when's the last time you read your Bible and you really felt like you heard God speaking? Is it God's word, yes or no? Then listen to the question again. When's the last time you got up in the morning, it was just you, and you're reading the scriptures, and it's like God speaking to you? You say, God doesn't do that. Say again. When's the last time when you were praying, and as again, Elijah gave us the the verse when he says that he heard, he heard that it, God was not in the wind, God was not in the fire, God was not in the, in the, in the earthquake, and then he heard a still, small voice. When, when is the last time, maybe it was this morning, I don't know, when was the last time that when you got alone with God and you were just praying that maybe your lips started to quiver, a tear maybe came to your eye, a chill became over your body, and I'm not trying to teach emotions here tonight, but I mean that you really felt God was speaking to you. When's the last time you sat in a church service and this preacher was preaching and you really couldn't hear the preacher preaching? And it's not because you weren't tuning him off or because you couldn't hear what he was saying. It's just like the Lord just muffled the noise and he spoke to you. You say, do those things happen? It sure does. I know it does. I was in college one time and I was sitting in a service and I was sitting about the fourth row back. Preacher was preaching and to be honest with you, I don't remember what he preached that night. <clears throat> but uh, when, during that service, it's like I felt like I was the only one in the service and it was a larger building than this. When the invitation took uh, place, I didn't go forward, I went backward. I left the building. I went over to another building. I found a, one of the closets that they had just kept their supplies in and I opened the door and I went down to my knees and I just I was was just like I couldn't I was overwhelmed and I wish every service was like that but every service is not like that for me I would bet there's people in the auditorium tonight and you're of some age you've never even had one service like that I'm just telling you God speaks to you You know, the problem is, is we're really not trying to hear him. Church, remember me preaching? I'm sorry, remember you reading? Uh, I wish I could tell you how many times. I think it's 15. I could be wrong. He that hath an ear, what, what? That the spirit, let's, let's say it together. You ready? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit unto him, or churches, but unto him, on some of those, unto him. You know, the Spirit of God wants to talk to you. And you know, sometimes he does and we don't listen to his voice. And these rules and regulations that nobody likes, that are for your protection, keeps the devil out. Can I just tell you what happened when the walls went down? They went into captivity. There's, there's people that are in captivity now. They're living. They're not in an actual prison, but they're in a spiritual prison. They're what the Bible calls the congregation of the dead. And you know why they're like that? Because they have no walls. 
You young people tonight, those are not just rules. You better thank God for the walls. You better thank God you got a mother and father that says no. Wives, I know you don't have a perfect husband, but every once in a while, you better just thank God you got a husband that's not just some wishy-washy, do whatever you say. Those walls are important for us. And I want to tell you when the walls are going to go down. When we start trusting in those walls, those rules, those things that we think are our protection, when we start trusting in that instead of trusting in God. I'm just telling you tonight, those walls are important. And, and what happened to the children of Israel is going to happen to us. It, it's going to happen because of trusting those walls. It's going to happen because of the abundance of things, getting so used to the things that we have. And last of all, because of not listening to God. We need to listen to him. Amen. We need to listen to him. Would you mind ahead and close your eyes for just a moment tonight?